From Hollywood to you. Thank you for listening to us. Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. We're on air, on air, on air with Ryan Seacrest. I was rushing to sit down in the chair and I sipped tea and I got a hiccup sipping the tea. Now, it's not good timing, hiccup. No. So let me see. Why don't you all scare me? Can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Oh my gosh! There's a spider on you. Yeah, but that wasn't that scary. Tell me something. Oh my god! The stock market crashed. Ooh, that scares me a little bit. (laughs) Tanya, you got one. Uh Oh my gosh! Your ex girlfriend's calling me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That scared me. Which ex girlfriend's (laughs) calling you? All of them at the same time. Oh. (laughs) I I wouldn't mind my ex girlfriend calling you. Uh, there's one that I like in particular. Oh, did she call you? No, she did not. That was me just trying to scare you, but... No, but I actually was hoping that she did call you. No. Oh, well, if she, if she's listening, please call Tanya. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would love to hear what you guys talk about. Uh, I usually ask her for recipes for things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did she get back to you? Yeah. Oh, well, next time, say, call me sometime. Right? Okay. And then do. you tell me how that goes. Will do. You got it. All right. See, that's why being friends with your exes is so important. Because you still ask her for stuff. If I wasn't friends with her, you wouldn't be allowed to do that because you'd want to be Team Ryan. For sure. I'm still Team Ryan. Right, but there's no team to pick from. You can be Team both of us. Right. Correct. We're just team separate. (laughs) What is that look? I just think it's funny where your head went. Yeah. I just want you to be happy. Actually, seeing your smiling faces every morning makes me almost happy. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there, I guess. (laughs) I mean, baby steps, right? Baby steps. All right. We got a lot to get to. It's Super Bowl week and five days to the world's biggest holiday. Valentine's Day. Sunny and hot today. Highs in the mid-80s. We may see 90. Wow. It's crazy. I love it so much. Today we got a great show. Uh, Halsey tickets for you every hour. Lisa Ling has a new series on HBO Max that I get sucked into, and I I really love it. It's about uh, different cultures, Asian cultures, and the foods that we eat that have so much history behind them and how those foods got to different cities, even places here in Southern California where she talks about Boyle Heights and she goes to eat there and she goes to little Tokyo, little Saigon. So Lisa Ling, one of the best investigative reporters, I think of our time. I, I just really think she's great. So that's coming up. If you like food shows, this is one that's educational and, and it's almost like watching a history lesson with great yeah. food. Uh, all right, so that's happening. The most famous voice, certainly this week, Al Michaels is going to be covering the Super Bowl on Sunday, and he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. And so he's coming on with us. It's been said publicly that this game will be the last game that Al Michaels, legendary football broadcaster, covers for NBC. But I have a feeling knowing Al, that he just doesn't want to stop. So we have to ask him about that, because I'd like to know, Mm -hmm. where are you going after this Sunday? 
And he's going, I mean, my guess, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about it yet. My guess is he's going somewhere. So we know for a fact he's not retiring or anything like that. We don't know much for a fact. I'm just <laughs> telling you, the guy is the best in the world. And someone else is going to offer him a job if he doesn't stay at NBC. And he's not staying at NBC. He said that. So that's going to be interesting. Monica, good morning, and thank you for listening. So what's going on with your boyfriend? Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Um, so my boyfriend, Luke, so we've been together for three years, and my sister recently just had a baby. And, you know, we've talked about kids before. We've talked about marriage. You know, we, we think that that's like we're, we're in the race for that. But he is just so awkward with kids he doesn't know how to hold them he 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 doesn't know how to talk to them it's like mm. i don't know if this is a red flag or not um if it's just me if this is like an end all so your, your boyfriend you don't have kids but this is other people's no, kids no, no, no. but you yes. want yes. you're thinking about having kids with him yes of course i mean look i gotta defend your boyfriend here I don't have kids, and before mm-hmm. my niece, you didn't want me holding your kid because I didn't know how to yeah. do it. <laughs> and yeah. now that I have a niece, I understand a little bit more about what it's like. But mm-hmm. for some men who aren't around, babies, we don't really know how to pick them up, how to hold them, and certainly yeah. how to get them to stop crying. Yeah. But I don't no, think it's a deal breaker. I would not no. put this into the category of breaking up the relationship. It's definitely not a deal breaker. When I met Michael, he I swear he would almost drop his niece all the time. Like, And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, he is just not great with babies. And uh-huh. as soon as he became a father, it's almost like a light switch, I think, this maternal instinct that takes over you. And he is the best dad. And I was just telling him last night, like, he, there's nobody that can put Savea to sleep better than him it's like he's like a baby whisperer so it's like that'll come around that'll come with time so it's definitely not a deal breaker is this practice more of i get that why don't you get him a doll little... give him a doll and let him a you know doll. With a doll. That's a good idea. or a dog about that. yeah well look oh. this is overcomable if that's even a word so yeah. good luck well, with the relationship monica thank you, thank you for calling so Michael, not great with babies until he became daddy, and now daddy is good <laughs> with babies. Daddy, yeah, he's the What's best wrong? daddy ever. What's wrong with saying daddy? Daddy, That's how you say it? Daddy. What, what do you I think I mean? This, yeah, what, what is that what, doing what? to you, Tanya? Sounds <laughs> sexy. <laughs> yeah, he says it like. It. Yeah, he does not sound sexy. Do yes, you call? He does. Do you call your boyfriend no. daddy? No. Well, then why does it I sound call. sexy? It's the way you say it. Yeah. Daddy. I vote no. It sounds fine. I vote. I, I don't mean anything by it. <laughs> All right. I think it sounds cute, but not sexy. Right. Yikes. Now, daddy here has your morning hack next. <laughs> three songs <laughs> not to play at your wedding <laughs> reception. If these three songs are on your playlist at your wedding... People are not going to love you for it. Mm. And I no offense to any of these artists, but I'm just telling you what it says here. It's a thing. I had reading. a do not playlist for my wedding. Yeah, some people get really turned off by certain songs. 
So if you're planning on including these songs at your reception, this is not my opinion. This is expert's opinion. Someone will not be happy about it. And here are the songs. Cha-cha slide. Take it back now, y'all. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right foot, let's stop. Left foot, let's stop. Yeah. Cha-cha, real smooth. You have to be like the right amount of buzzed or drunk to Turn enjoy this dance. Well, yeah. for me, there's not enough alcohol at the bar now, to get me to want to do that I song. I think so, to me too. Uh-huh. Right foot, let's go. All right, oh, here's man. another one they say. Uh, not to play that people don't like to hear that wedding. To the right, to the right, to the right, <laughs> oh, to the right, to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. Not kick, not kick, not kick, not kick. Now walk it by yourself. Why does that song get such a bad rap? That's a good song. I don't know. And that one really gets everybody involved. When that song comes on, literally everyone does the dance. So here's the um, other one they say not to play at your wedding reception. Yeah, You've well, never heard it's, Cotton Eye Joe? Cotton Eye Joe by no. Rednecks. That's who uh, did that song. But if wow. you want to keep people happy at your wedding reception, they say those are the three least favorite. Today's quote of the day, impossible is just an opinion. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Let's get to the headlines, Sisney. Well, if you're still planning to purchase Super Bowl tickets to see the Los Angeles Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals, be prepared to shell out, we know, hundreds and possibly thousands of dollars more for parking near the venue. Yeah, tickets to this Sunday's big event at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, we know, are well above $4,000, and that's for seats up very, very high in the nosebleeds. Um, on StubHub, we saw that the highest price parking option was also more than $4,000. Vanessa Bryant is fighting for girl power. Just days ahead of Super Bowl 56, the wife of the late Kobe Bryant was honored at the third annual Sports Power Brunch presented by Champion, which spotlighted powerful women in sports and entertainment during the ceremony. And this all took place yesterday. She said, as a mother of four strong girls, I care deeply about not only leveling the playing field for girls, but elevating it, she said in her speech. I want to instill in our young people that girls are just as good as boys and oftentimes better. And the free daily word game Wordle blew up in popularity at the start of this year, despite not having an app and only allowing players to tackle one puzzle per day. Well, have you breezed through today's Wordle already? Well, you can finally play the game's entire archive thanks to the Wordle Archive website. Yes, just search Wordle Archive and boom, there you go. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Thanks for having us on. Ryan Seacrest with you on this Wednesday morning. We've got, you know, thanks to TikTok, you can learn so much. You can <laughs> you can laugh and you can learn and you can discover and you can also be jealous of some of the people doing the stuff they're doing on TikTok, which right. I am of this next guest of ours. Gino Zanrosso is with us right now. Is that right? That's right. How's it going? Gino, it's not going as well for me as it is for you, bro. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you, he is on a mission on TikTok to find the best breakfast burrito in Southern California. That mm -hmm. is my favorite thing to have on a weekend. If I've got time, 
I want to find yeah. a great breakfast burrito and just moan about it. So how did this mm-hmm. start for you? Why did you start? You know, uh, I, I would say my love for breakfast burritos came in high school. We had yeah. a, uh, I went to high school in the, in the San Fernando Valley and we had a breakfast burrito for two fifties and it was incredible. So that kind of started it. But, uh, what rekindled the flame was during COVID, uh, like back in, you know, early COVID 2020, my roommates and I were going, getting breakfast burritos every weekend or making them whatever the case was. And I kind of claimed that I was the breakfast burrito expert. And from that point, we kind of talked about making a burrito rating page. And that was like in July of 2020, I made it. And I finally started posting videos this past fall. Name some specific places where you found some of the best. Right now, my favorite is a place in Malibu called Lily's Cafe or Lily's Malibu. It is out of this world. It's massive. It's like you have a regular for like 12 bucks and a large for 13. And it's huge. (laughs) And they put refried beans in it, which is to me is an add-on is just, it takes it to a next level if done right. That's not everyone's favorite, but for me personally, yeah. um, I like that. I went to a place in Culver City last weekend called Serviteca, and that was very good. It had really crispy tater tots. There was kind of a nice crunch at every bite. That, uh-huh. Those are probably my two favorite uh, at this moment. Like the tater tot works for me, but I do get a little frustrated when a breakfast burrito has rice and potato. It's just too, you know, it takes away from the the real good Mm -hmm. flavors. Yeah. You know what? I'm not a big rice guy on my breakfast burritos. I, for me, it's all about keeping the the base ingredients really good and really fresh. So the eggs got to be nice and fluffy and preferably scrambled. You know, some places kind of just flip them on the griddle and they're more like an omelet. And so they're kind of dry. I like a nice fluffy scrambled egg and uh, crispy tater, tater tots. From that point, anything else is just... Kind of uh, uh, the icing on the cake. (laughs) Okay. I have to ask if you have tried Nick's in Seal Beach. No, but I I follow this guy on TikTok that's been, that did it a couple weeks ago, and I've seen it on some lists that I've been really wanting to try. This is going to blow you away. When you're talking about the crispy potatoes, it's Mm -hmm. chorizo con huevo, plus they chop up some bacon in there, and there's potatoes, but you can order them crispy to make them crispy inside the burrito, and and then get the burrito toasted on the outside. Mm. I love and that. That's that, the way that, to go. That's what Serviteca did. They kind of toasted the, the burrito so their tortilla was nice and crispy. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's big for me, and I always say this in my videos, is I like a, a nice dispersion of ingredients, meaning I don't like to just bite into a chunk and just get straight avocado or straight bacon. Yeah, I like to have it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have that. I, I think, uh, G- by the way, Gina, if you want to see him on TikTok, Instagram, he's. Ray Dorito. That's what you at Ray Dorito. So you can check that out. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I know I feel like I'm doing the people's work here. There's, you know, the people are passionate about their breakfast burritos and I don't have a ton of following, but the amount of comments and people saying, you got to try this place. You got to try this place. Order it like this. It's been pretty cool to see the work of the people. You're essentially an elected official and yeah. keep basically it up, right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Gino, thanks for coming on, bro. Take care. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. I mean, where's my social media guy? David Alvarez, why am I? That's what I, I need time off to you go do, do that. that. You could do yeah, that. Yeah, but it takes time. Just well, we do could, one a week. Just start slow. We could do, do a, one burrito we a could week. Do a ver- no, we could do a version of that like on a Saturday afternoon where we hit four spots, right? Oh, my. Yeah, but do we, you I can't don't eat do the whole burrito. Burritos. He bites. does the burritos. I got to think of a niche.
I gotta think of something yeah. else. Like juices. And they're not juices. <laughs> no. What about bagels? I mean, not bagels. I'm not passionate bread? about bagels. I'm not passionate about bread. I'll You're find, passionate I about olive oil, but you don't yeah. want to sit there and rate it. No, but I could do that with like some different bakeries and things in the rest. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. We'll, we'll pick something that's <laughs> universal. I mean, burgers I am into. Uh, tacos I'm into, but I feel like it's so cliche. But buffalo wings, I love. Uh, um, sushi, I'm down. Ooh, but sushi be so good. We'll, we'll figure it out. We don't have to decide right now. So we got Al Michaels going to be broadcasting the big Super Bowl game. He's coming up later this morning. And he's a good guy. And he's great at covering these games. So we'll talk to him about what's going into preparing for the Super Bowl. Right now, Tanya with the trending report. Go ahead. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit of a deep trending report because I really got into the weeds um, from a quote that Gigi Hadid gave in this article for InStyle. So she hasn't really spoken much since her split from Zayn back in October of last year. Remember how messy that was in the press? Oh, it was insane. Um, but she, yeah, but she did talk about kind of the reason why she chose to peel back her public persona a little bit because of her mom being on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, so I don't know if you noticed, but if, when she's not rocking the runways, she's literally like on a farm, sans makeup, chilling with horses, just kind of, she took a little bit of a of scale back approach to life. But this uh-huh. is the quote that got me thinking, okay? Uh-huh. She said, I've been reminded that when we get time with people, just really appreciate it and take it all in and try not to wish away moments. Even if there's something hard, find something beautiful in it. So I wanted to focus on the appreciate the time that you have part because- I'm a planner person, and I think a lot of people are that way. They're goal-oriented. You think in the future, but everybody says the key to happiness is living in the moment and being present in what's actually happening and not thinking too far ahead. So I can go a few hours like this, and then I just get back to thinking about the future and I get anxious again. So I wanted to talk about how you really can actually practice this. Well, who's good at that? I think I live in the moment, but I also am a planner, but I plan so that I can live in the moment. Like, I don't like to do stuff sometimes last minute and scrambling and adding all this extra stress. So, like, I'll plan stuff that's, like, maybe months away, and then that's it. And then I don't have to think about it. See, I have it worse than you do. I have it worse because I plan ahead, but then in the moment, I'm planning what is next, and it's a real problem. For example... At lunch, I'm planning dinner. If we're traveling, we're somewhere, oh. I, I can't help but, and I talk about it over and over and over again. I'm a big, <laughs> big planner, and I also, I never want anybody to be bored, so I want to make sure they know what's coming, what's next, what we're going to. Yeah. But that's so it. Traveling is different. It's nice to sometimes have that planned, dinners, events, activities. Too much in the moment can leave you without future moments, you know? Just balance it's it. true. Yeah. So were we in this moment together? I think so. Kind of. Because I was thinking about what we got to do next because I have to think that way. So coming up next, mm-hmm. we have got Halsey tickets at the Hollywood Bowl. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Well, it's a big week in the City of Angels. If you're in town visiting for the big game coming up on Sunday, welcome to our great city. And you're welcome for the sun and the heat because you probably came from somewhere cold or really cold. Uh, Everything is all about 
the game. People are talking about the snacks that they're going to get. People are pre-ordering food. I'm going to do buffalo wings. I'm going to do a layered dip. Uh, I'm going to do, I might do some mini burgers. I like, I like bite-sized mm. fingers foods Same. for my Super Bowl. Uh, and then we have Deanna on the line. Deanna of Huntington Park, co-owner of Los Angelitos Bakery. And Los Angelitos. Los Angelitos. Angelitos. Los Angelitos Bakery. And Deanna's father and grandfather, both Cuban refugees, opened the bakery in 1992, which means they're celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. Wow. And they're really celebrating by making conchas, a Mexican sweet bread, consisting of mm. two parts, sweet, enriched bread roll, and a crumbly cookie. But the special part is she's making Rams versions, the Ram colors. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Starving. <laughs> I'm hungry after. I'm hungry after lobby. describing. We all have that. a lot at the bakery, <laughs> definitely. Well, so how popular are the Rams conchas? Um, they are very popular. We actually first came out with them about three years ago when they first made it to the Super Bowl. But I think now that they've been here in LA a couple of years, and now that they're back at the Super Bowl here at home, um, they're super popular. I mean, people are coming from an hour away just so that they can pick them up and buy them. Isn't that cool to have a product? You discovered a product that people will drive hours for. Right. And I, I thank my dad for that because he's a diehard uh, Rams fan from the beginning when they were initially out here in L.A. before they moved and came back. So he was like, let's do something. You know, let's change the colors. And I'm like, definitely, let's do it. So, you know, I give him all the credit for that as well. And Deanna, you started changing the colors on top of the Conchas in 2020 after Kobe Bryant passed away. Correct. Yes. After he passed, we did that to honor him, uh, you know, for all the years and dedication he had for Los Angeles and the Lakers. We changed the colors to purple and yellow to represent the Lakers. And one of our followers actually came up with the Kobe Concha name. So we've stuck with that for the last few years. Yeah. I mean, an amazing way to salute such a great in our city. And from there, you began changing the colors to match the L.A. sports teams like the Dodgers, too, right? Right. When they made it to the World Series, we definitely had to represent our, our boys in blue. So we had the white and the blue and very popular, especially after they won the, the World Series. So we've kept that as a staple on our, our menu as well. This is Deanna, co-owner of Los Angelitos Bakery. And if you want to have something really fun for your Super Bowl party, get some of these L.A. Rams conchas because they, they just look so festive and you know they taste good. And everybody's going to love seeing them on the table in front of the TV. Deanna, good luck. Thank you for sharing your story. It's a pleasure to meet you, and I hope you sell a lot of conchas. I hope so, too. But thank you guys so much for having me. Have a good morning. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. You, too. Bye. Bye-bye. She's got special ones for Valentine's Day that I'm going to pick up. Here's Justin Bieber and the Kid oh, Roy. Wait, wait. You can't just play a song after that. It's, I got to keep moving. Yeah, they're beautiful, the Valentine's Day conchas. On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Our wish, I think, has come true. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about uh, the global, the globally famous Lisa Ling, and I see her coming into our Zoom now. Lisa, how are you? How's it, how's it going? Well, it's going great. We were talking about you a couple shows ago. Um, because I'm obsessed with your new HBO Max series, 
I see why you're hosting it because, uh, you know, you have roots in that culture. But yeah. it's really a job that I would have auditioned for myself <laughs> because I find it. It's called Take Out with Lisa Ling. Uh, I find so much interest in the history of food and the people that are behind that kind of history. And that's really what this show is about. Sure, you get to eat some cool stuff, but it's about finding out how it all came to be. It is, Ryan. And and I'm so glad to hear that that's something that is of interest to you. I'm very specific about the fact that this isn't a cooking show. It's a food show because, yeah. frankly, I don't cook. Really? <laughs> and the reason, yeah. well, the reason I I don't is because my grandmother never wanted me to cook because for her, the restaurant was solely a means for survival. You know, my grandparents came to America in the late 40s, even though they were both very educated. My grandfather got his undergrad at NYU in the early 30s and an MBA from University of Colorado. My grandmother had a degree from a, a university in England. But when they finally moved here in the late 40s, he couldn't get a job in finance because he was Chinese. And so they ended up doing a bunch of odd jobs and eventually scraped it, it, up enough money to open a Chinese restaurant. Neither of them had ever cooked before. Mm -hmm. And so they had to toil away in this restaurant. They learned how to cook from, you know, these Chinese cooks. And, and that became the pathway towards some semblance of the American dream. And that's the story for so many immigrants in this country, mm -hmm. not just Asian Americans, but it's interesting because you talk about the history and over the last couple of years, Asians have been on the receiving end of a lot of scapegoating and violence in the wake of COVID. But when you really dig into the history, there's been a, a long history of, of violence against Asians, but yet the food has somehow transcended all of that. But it was fast. I mean, I've seen several episodes. It was fascinating to me to as a food lover of New Orleans food. Right. I've been there for work and you go there and you eat. But I didn't truly understand the history of that food and how it came to New Orleans at the beginning. Well, it's true. I mean, New Orleans style food, particularly gumbo, which has become like an American staple, you know, it's mm -hmm. kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of different flavors. Um, but interestingly enough, gumbo might not have shrimp in it if it weren't for the early Filipino settlers who jumped off Spanish galleons in the 1700s before the United States was even the United States, about 200 uh, men from the Philippines. They were either indentured servants or sailors. And they, they built a life for themselves, not on the West Coast or East Coast, but in the bayous of Louisiana. And there's a town currently um, in Southern Louisiana called Jean Lafitte. And the mayor there, who's a blonde, blue-eyed guy, <laughs> mm -hmm. tells me that he believes that 70 to 80% of the population of his town has Filipino blood running through it, including himself. Yeah. Wow. Which is, it's it's so interesting when they... If you haven't seen this episode, they they dump out the the is it was it the shrimp boil or the oh yeah the the, the, the big deep boil <laughs> what they call it, the bowl down there where they put the corn out and they just lay it all out on the table on newspapers mm -hmm. and you just go for it and you eat it with your hands yeah. and and you know that is what they do in the Philippines they oh. lay out food in what's called the kamayan on these banana leaves and everyone eats with their hands and so. The shrimp boil, and you know, many people now have experienced like a seafood boil where they just mm -hmm. kind of dump all the food out on a table. The parallels between that event that's become kind of a, an American cultural experience and what the Filipinos have always done is just like, it was uncanny to me.
Yeah, it was cool to see Lisa Ling with us. Take out with Lisa Ling is streaming on HBO Max. You actually went to Little Saigon uh, in Orange County and Little Tokyo in Boyle Heights. Tell me, I've not seen that yet. So tell me about that. Oh my gosh! So we did a whole episode in Boyle Heights, California, which mm-hmm. most people think of as more of a Latino community, and it is. Mm-hmm. But after the Japanese were released from prison camps after World War II, because 120,000 Japanese Americans were interned and uh, accused of spying on the U.S. government, they had lost everything. They lost their businesses and their homes, and so many of them settled in Boyle Heights because it was one of the only places that they could afford to live or were allowed to live. And so shortly after World War II, there was this thriving Japanese American community. And now there's only one Japanese restaurant still standing, but there are still these incredible vestiges of the Japanese community in Boyle Heights. And one of the pop-ups that we went to is this like Mexican Japanese fusion um, that started in Boyle Heights and their signature dish is a hot Cheeto misubi. You know, the misubi is the Japanese part which is basically a rice ball and spam with hot Cheetos <laughs> yeah. on top, which is like the homage to, her, <laughs> to the, 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 the woman's Mexican roots. Um, and that's what in some ways Boyle Heights has, has come to um, represent, like this kind of just this melding of so many different cultures. And that one Japanese restaurant that's still standing there, it's called Otomi-san. Uh-huh. Um, the owner of it, the, the, the Latino community considers her kind of their Japanese mom. Um, and it's just a really beautiful experience and episode. I think you'll like it. And since you're in LA a lot, you, 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 you might enjoy checking out those restaurants. I I will get the region and checking out the restaurants. Lisa, I want to, so you're going to host, you don't need me to do anything. You don't need like a sidekick for this, (laughs) right? Like you're going to do it on your own. You know what, Ryan? I, I'd love to have you along. We have to convince HBO Max to greenlight another season, but I would love to have you along. Well, I'm going to keep talking about it, and maybe they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll do something about it. Uh, maybe it we can be... do it back in Atlanta because I know you're from from Atlanta. Yeah, we could oh, do some cute. southern some southern mm-hmm. roots there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. please, well, I've known you for a long time, but I tell you that when your docu series is on CNN, it is some of the most unbelievable territory that you uncover and that you discover that no one does like you. Uh, it's really it's I know it's a lot of work and it's sometimes it's probably tough, but it's really powerful. Well, thank you, Ryan. I mean, yeah, you and I probably have known each other for over 30 years and we were just like these scrappy kids starting <laughs> in this business. And and I am so proud of you. I mean, you've just become such a like a fixture <laughs> in you. American households. And, you know, I love that you're still, you know, on the radio talking to people every day with the, these you know, your beautiful co-hosts. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. It is the same that I have for you. So uh, we'll keep talking about the uh, HBO series. Let me know if you get a season two and we'll do something. Be fun. Yeah. I would love that. I'd love that. Take good care of yourself, Lisa. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Lisa Ling Bye. there. If you haven't seen it, and I mean, I think we all in Southern California and Los Angeles can appreciate all the different cultures of food here and to see the history of it is it's it, it's it's like a class i wish they would teach in school well it's also the her delivery it's the way she tells a story it it's so captivating you just want to keep listening to her and watching her it's so very true she's from sacramento california she was born there uh but it's brilliant storytelling mm-hmm. yeah so thank you lisa for coming on on air on air with ryan seacrest
Kayla Thomas, let me hear you say it. 102.7 KISS FM. 102.7 KISS FM. Doesn't that feel good? <laughs> it does. It's been a dream. I uh, Believe me, we have all dreamt of sitting in front of these microphones here at KISS. So welcome our newest personality on the air, Kayla Thomas. Oh, Yay. thank you so much. Welcome. <laughs> So you got a couple of uh, well, you got a couple of programs. So you got 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Monday through Thursday, and then you've got uh, afternoons on Saturday and Sunday. So they're working you every day. Yes, and I'm ready to <laughs> hit the ground running. <laughs> Let's get some background. It's so exciting, you know, Kayla. We all were fans of Kiss FM before any of us walked through this door. I listened to Rick Dees as a kid growing up in Atlanta, and just thought the sound of the radio station was so. Cool to be at the epicenter of Los Angeles, Southern California, near the beach, near the mountains where Hollywood is. It's like nothing was better. You probably had those same kind of feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I think every radio personality wants to come to Kiss, especially in you know it's in Los Angeles. I'm I'm from the East Coast, and I've always wanted to work for iHeartRadio. And right. I said, you know, if I can get to Kiss, uh, then my my life is made. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there were, there were, Sisney was telling me a couple people, well, every every job here, for every job, there's somebody that's wanting to take us down to get it. And I didn't realize that so many people wanted to come after me, Sisney, until you told me, which is why I decided to stay for so many more years. Mm-hmm. But, you well, know, I mean, w- it once is we, what it is. Once we get in here, we don't want to give it up, you know? <laughs> no way. Uh, all right, so you were born in Pennsylvania outside of Philly? Yes, I was born in Philly, and then I, the majority of my life I lived in Maryland. So how did you get the job here? Well, it's, it's actually funny. Long story short, yeah. uh, my mentor is Helen Little. She works at Light FM in New York. And I was working at a, before this, I was working at a radio station in Trenton, New Jersey, and it's uh-huh. right near Q102 in Philly. Uh-huh. And she said, Kayla, like, there's an opening for a night jock at Q102. You need to apply. And I'm like, everybody is probably applying for this job, but okay, I'll do it. So I said, you know what? Let me do something to stand out to get the program director's attention. So I sent him a pizza. I called the pizza company. I said, this is going to sound really, really weird, but can you take out a slice? (laughs) And then right on the box, I'm the missing slice to your pie. So good. I'm going to use that on a date. Yeah, that's (laughs) cute. So they sent it to him. I did all that and Buster wasn't even there. But it's okay. The people who were there, you know, they FaceTimed (laughs) him and they showed him the pizza and the note. And uh, he texted me and said, pizza girl. I was like, that's my name now, pizza girl. And I said, yes, please listen to my demo reel and my resume and all that stuff. And uh, he said, you know, we're already down the line with somebody. But um, I want to send your stuff higher up because you have a chance to be with iHeartRadio. I said, okay, thank you. So he sent it up to John Ivey. John Ivey contacted me a few weeks later, and the rest is history. John wow. Ivey, yeah. the former program director here, Beata is now the program director, but John Ivey had th- that gig for 20 years. He hired me, so he's been around yeah. for quite hired a long time. He's what awesome. Was that, what was that call like? Well, he can also not be awesome, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> he's still was... awesome in her world. <laughs> yeah, right? Changed my life. You're new, so she, he's going to be nice to you. Uh, what was that call like? I, re- I remember when it was for me. What was it like for you? Well, it was just like so surreal because he said, Kayla, I have listened to your stuff. It was sent up to me and I want you in my company. Like, I want you in this company. I think you have uh, potential and um, I want to find a place for you. And so for, it was like a, over a couple of months. This was back in August. And then eventually he brought Beata into the mix. And then I started talking with her. And that's when Kiss was introduced into the scene. <laughs> My favorite 
part of this is, is saying the call letters. I get to say them yeah. so many times a day, and every time I get so excited about it. So you're moving into an apartment in Burbank. This is Kayla Thomas. You're going to hear her uh, 11 o'clock at night. She starts then on the weekends. She's the newest on-air member to our team here. But you're getting mm-hmm. an apartment in Burbank, I hear, with her boyfriend of one year, it says. <laughs> yes. And I even know his oh. name. Tyler. Yes. He literally gets in in a few hours. I'm going to go pick him up. Oh, How that's cute. so sweet. I know. You definitely haven't lived here long enough. Because <laughs> yeah, LAX. Yeah, that you're still going to the airport yeah, to pick airport, him up. Wow. Oh, that's a big well, investment. Burbank Airport is easy. Is it Burbank Airport uh, or LAX? Burbank? Yeah, it's Burbank Airport. Oh, that's yeah, that doesn't like 10 count. minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when he flies easy. in LAX, then you talk to us about it. Yeah. Uh, and you guys met back east? Yeah, so he lives. He grew up in Philly as well. Uh, we met on Bumble. Oh, yeah, Tubbs, right? Tanya. I am living favorite. proof that it works. And yeah. now he's like, no, I'm coming to L.A. with you. Like, I'm not going. Yeah, like, let's yeah, go. He's like, you're not going out there by exactly. yourself. Exactly. And he's like, all right, let's let's <laughs> yeah, make this he, work. He doesn't want you <laughs> out in the guy. city of angels by yourself. <laughs> You'd be dangerous out here. Uh, well, that's great. It's so nice to meet you, Kayla. Welcome to our team. Look forward to hearing you, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. I'm excited to meet you all in person and start working with you guys. Yes. Sounds good. All right, Kayla, take care. Oh, thank you. Congrats. And say the call letters. <laughs> 102.7 KISS FM. It's the best. <laughs> I it's love it. Best. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. A couple years ago, back in 2020, we were all miserably depressed and looking for positive spirits in our lives. And we met Malik. Malik has a black-owned, family-owned, and community-owned bookstore. He's got two locations, Crenshaw Mall and Baldwin Hills in the Westfield Mall in Culver City. But we met him, and he brought us back. He gave us life. Mm-hmm. And he has a, an incredible uh, ability to convey positivity and generosity just by speaking with him. And it's the reason we kept having him on. And then he launched his podcast, Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community, which is available where you get your podcast. He's a superstar now. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. You appreciate welcome. everything very, you've done. <laughs> very, very welcome. Now, recent guest on Malik's podcast which once he was on our show, we turned to each other and said, this man needs to be sharing his his outlook on life. It's what the world needs. And he's doing, he said, what, you've got 11 episodes and you've had different guests on the show like Spike Lee and Terry Crews and some great conversations, huh? I've been fortunate to get a lot of interviews with a lot of wonderful people just like the heavens opened up and they just showed up at Malik's, called me. It's just been a just been a, a soup full of opportunities. All well, thanks to you presenting me with this podcast, Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. That's it. I love it. All right. Well, then, while we're on the topic of books, this month's book review for Black History Month, what do you recommend? I came across this wonderful book that I thought was a great and inspiring book for Black History Month. This young man, the name of the book is called Ahead of the Game by Kevin J. Ryan. And it's a book about a young man, this 25-year-old CEO, Delane Parsnell. And he bust open the tech industry with his vision. 
2018, and this is what this book is about. It's about his life and all the obstacles he had to overcome to create his um, tech company called Playverse. And so a guy, Kevin Ryan, been following him. He's a writer for about several years, writing articles in the entrepreneur and tech world. And so he was fascinated with uh, Delane, who um, had a vision to create a platform where high school students and college students can play video games from, the, you know, because the e-sports industry, which is a billion-dollar gaming world. Yeah. And so he wanted to create a platform where high schoolers and college kids can become athletes playing esports. So he created this Playverse company, which is a team-based um, uh, esport company that allows where he connects different students in high schools and colleges to be able to play competition with each other. And so I thought that was fascinating because you know it creates confidence in kids when they you know it's a lot of you know people at school they don't play physical sports like baseball basketball and so forth and run track but right. this guy say hey the tech world is growing the video game is a billion dollars let's try to create a sport where kids can play with other teams all over this country and i thought that was a fascinating story about uh delane parnell and what he had to do to set up a tech company and the people that he met such as sean this guy raised a hundred million dollars in venture capital his wow. company evaluation I believe it's over $500 million. He has over 120 employees now. And he did that in a short span of a few years. That's what's crazy. He, he's been inspired by Sean Diddy Combs. He's been inspired by JC. And one of the quotes that he said when he tell kids about his venture and his journey is, don't give up. No matter what, because it's not easy. He busted up in the tech world. There's only about 1% black in that industry. And he's a CEO and he's 25, Ryan. That's incredible. That is a great story. I look forward to seeing that. And it's inspiring to hear those kinds of stories. And it's called Ahead of the Game. Check it out. Malik Muhammad. You can check out his podcast always, too. Thank you so much for coming on. It's great to hear your voice. And we'll talk real soon. Keep it up, Malik. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, everybody. Have a blessed week. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. I mean, he is so special. He is so unique. He is so, uh, I would say it's contagious Mm -hmm. when he starts to get fired up about something like that. And I mean, the guy reads the book and has that much enthusiasm for his love of it. And that's a great (laughs) story. The 25-year-old makes it like that? On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. I mean, the man doesn't feel pressure, but if one did, this would be a pressure cooker coming up. It's a big game on Sunday, (laughs) the Super Bowl. Al Michaels joins us. Al, how are you? I am phenomenal. Now, I haven't seen you since Rio. It has. Rio. We worked together in Rio. And, yeah, we shared some – actually, we shared some fun times in Rio. We had some great times in Rio, and then you dumped me. You were supposed to, you know, (laughs) stay in touch, have dinner in L.A., like, you know, every couple of weeks, and the hell with me, right? I I Uh, hear you, man. I just want to play back some vintage Al Michaels as we get into talking about this weekend. Take a listen. Deep downfield. 
He's got cup. He's got to get out of bounds. Stafford. Deep downfield. He's got cup again. He's at the 10. He spikes it there, and Matt Gay will come in and try to win the game. Matt Gay boots it through. And the Rams, by the hair of their skinny teeth, wind up winning it. Three games so far, a walk-off field goal. Yes. There's Al Michaels in action. You do get that excited, don't you? I do. I, I, I mixed metaphors there, too, by the hair yeah, of the skinny teeth, whatever the you. hell that was. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I got 14 different things going on at one time. So that was that was a uh, that was a fabulous game. That was tremendous. And, you know, the Rams had a 24-point lead. Yeah, it, it was just unbelievable. That... All, all those games, the last six games, the four in the divisional, the two championship games last week have all been great. So I'm just praying we can get a lucky seventh uh, this coming Sunday. So Al Michaels with us. He will be calling the game on Sunday. What have you learned about the, the week's preparation and what's on everybody's mind? It's a great matchup. I mean, the Rams were built to play in this game on this day because they went all in. They got Matthew Stafford. They made a big trade. They got Von Miller, picked up OBJ, uh, got Eric Weddle out of retirement. So the Rams along the way were built to play in this game. They've gotten there. The Bengals, I think, captivated everybody around the country. You know, they win their first game against uh, Las Vegas, and then the second game against Tennessee. Dramatic game, even though Burrow gets sacked nine times, they still won it. And then I think the whole country kind of uh, gravitated, unless you were a Kansas City fan, toward the Bengals to be down 21-3, to 18 points on the road, come from behind, beat Patrick Mahomes and yeah. Andy Reid and and that group. So I think uh, the country, uh, you know, kind of sat up and went, wow, uh, that team is really interesting and fun. And Joe Burrow looks like he's a guy who uh, enjoys playing so much that nothing is too big for him. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to a hell of a game on Sunday. Well, Al, let's be honest. I know what you're looking forward to, not having to fly to a city to call the game. You know me. But you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I didn't realize that mileage is only 60 cents a mile because it's eight miles to the stadium. So that's for a 960 round trip. I mean, I thought we were, you know, with, with inflation and everything else over the past 20 years, it would at least be a buck and a quarter. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, though, man, uh, not having to go to an airport is a dream because uh, some people say that uh, Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Well, you and I both know that sometimes an airport can be the unhappiest place on earth. <laughs> I've seen quite a few in my day as well. Yes, yeah. I get it. Uh, all right, let's talk about you while we have you. Uh, this, as been said publicly, is the last game under your current NBC contract. However, I don't hear any fatigue in your voice. So what happens after this Super Bowl? Well, I do know this. The last two games I have done... I did a Kansas City-Pittsburgh game, and that was the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career. He's retiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did Tampa Bay and the Rams, and then Tom Brady, at least for the moment, has said that's his last game. He's done. I will tell you, unless something happens or unless something is not available to me, this will not be my last game. I love doing what I do. I enjoy it uh, immensely, as much as I ever have. There are opportunities out there for me and options. And uh, I promised before this season to myself uh, 
Don't get distracted by all the stuff that's going on. Deal is up. I know there's some stuff, you know, that, that's happening, and I, I let uh, my representative handle that. And I said uh, to him and to myself, uh, I want to enjoy this year to the fullest. And I have. I've got a great group, you know, with Goodelli and Essikoff and Collinsworth and Michelle Tafoya, who's wrapping up her broadcasting career. She'll go on to other things as well. But for me, I want to keep doing this. And if I have the chance to do it, and I, I believe I will, uh, you'll see me somewhere next year. All right, so is it Fox or CBS? <laughs> no, it's probably going back to Hawaii and doing uh, Punahou against Kamehameha, which is where <laughs> I started my career at KGU in Honolulu back in 1970. I highly doubt that's where you're going to end up. Hey, you know what? Those were, those were great times, let me tell you. And the one time, believe it or not, the one time I met Barack Obama, he was out of office. He'd been out for about two months. I saw him at a golf course in Palm Desert. And what do you think we talked about? Punahou. That was his alma mater in Honolulu, and we talked about the, the coach at that time and a lot of the players at that time. So uh, that was the beginning of my career, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Great memories. Well, how does it make you feel that Amazon is going to have live sports? I mean, what do you think about Amazon Prime? Their Thursday night game's coming. We're in a different world. You know that. Uh, <laughs> streaming is gigantic. And I think, you know, Amazon went all in on this, and they're spending, I think, close to $13 billion over 10 years to get one game a week as of the moment on Thursday night. So uh, there are going to be different players in this mix as we go forward. I mean, it's a different world. It's not just over-the-air television anymore. We went over the air, then we went to cable, now we're streaming, uh, all kinds of different platforms. So I wasn't surprised. There were rumors out there that you know either Apple would get in or Google or whomever, and it turned out to be Amazon to get that package. So we're in a different world right now. And, um, you know, i, I got to tell you, on one hand, it's pretty exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. It's kind of a, a, a bit of a new frontier. And I'm as curious as anybody to see how it turns out. Sounds like you know an awful lot about Amazon, though, Al. Well, i got a truck right outside my house right now delivering some T-shirts. That's my shirt. All right, before we let you go, Al Michaels with us. You can check him out, NBC, this weekend for the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I remember this. You don't eat vegetables, right? You know it. Now, we were down there in in Rio, right? And uh, I had them replayed a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was was moaning about the fact that it came with a side of greens. I mean, you've never seen Al Michaels. Not only greens, mushrooms, beets, carrots. Everybody thinks it has to be. You know, I mean, Ryan, there were, there were like nine different colors. If that baby comes out of the ground, get it off that plate. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what people say? You know, farm, farm to table, I'm farm to dumpster. <laughs> I've oh never I, I, I've never forgotten that moment. It was a lot of fun. Well, listen, good luck this weekend. I would love to rekindle our date sometime uh, near where you live. I think we know the spot. And, sure. Um, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure, man. Stay well. All right, Alvin. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. You kind of just want to keep hearing his voice, right? It's, it's Al Michaels. It's yeah. the guy's a legend. It's Sunday night. Yeah. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. You know, this is a story that Sisney has about a new skincare trend. And... Uh, uh, Tubbs has been worried about you know some of his falling skin over the last couple mm. of months, um, namely around the neck and other parts. So he's very interested in hearing 
if this is going to help him with that. So, Sisney, do tell about the new skincare trend called slugging. Yeah, so this is all over TikTok, and the skincare trend actually originated in South Korea, but has become mainstream thanks to like several dermatologists and other skincare enthusiasts who back this theory up. So it involves a technique of using like aquaphor or Vaseline on your face after you do your nightly skincare routine. So what it does basically, it absorbs and it acts as a barrier locking in the moisture onto your skin. So then you kind of just do like a thin layer of like, you know, aquaphor or Vaseline all over your face and you go to bed. And I've heard of using Vaseline before. I had only used it to remove makeup in the past, like eye makeup. But I'd never tried this, and so I did it last night. And I gotta tell you, I woke up this morning, and my face just feels really like like baby skin, so soft. So it's all over TikTok. I know. I'm down to try it. I've done it around my like I've done it on my eyes and under my eyes. I've never done my whole face. I think it's the way. Maybe it's not like every night, but just almost like as a little treatment, you know. But there is a PSA. Slugging is not for everyone. Dermatologists did clarify that if you decide to slug, um, this is best for people who live in dry climates. And if you have dry skin, so like I have very dry skin. I've never had oily skin. Mm. So if you have oily skin, it might not be for you, FYI. I don't know about the smell of Vaseline near me and near my nose. Uh, it doesn't smell like anything. I mean, nothing. It smells like petroleum jelly. It smells like nothing. Which smells to me. You don't smell Vaseline? Oh my I, there is like a little smell. I get what you're saying. And for me, it's like a mix because I use Aquaphor on my baby's butt. Yeah. So in a weird way, I like think about that when I was putting it on last night. But yeah, eh. well, slugging not for everybody. But uh, if you do check it out, let us know how it goes. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. That's going to do it for us tomorrow. Mary J. Blige is on getting set for the Super Bowl halftime show. So we'll get a preview from her. Also, Ryan's Roses. He found a burner phone in his husband's gym bag. That's at 740. And we pay your bills all day tomorrow. Take good care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.